Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is MACT on Mondays with Craig McTavish for Contract Equipment Limited Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. So, Craig, last season... You uh, you were an assistant coach for the St. Louis Blues, and your area of expertise throughout your career as a player, you had pretty good penalty killing most of the, and, and even in Edmonton, like you know, you got a lot out of your bottom six forwards. The problem was for a lot of the years that you were here, we were in a pre-cap world, and you couldn't keep your best offensive players like Bill Guerin, like Doug Waite, Kevin Lowe had to parlay those into other players. So I'm going to ask you this. When you see a team go on a 28-for-29 run over the last eight games on the PK, uh, and a penalty kill that was struggling brutally, it was 30th in the league when Knobloch and Coffee took over. The, like, I look at the forwards and the offense, and I think it was coming. They were unlucky. The PDO stat, right? The, yeah. That was There was no way that was going to continue. The team was going to start scoring. I didn't expect the penalty killing to be what the penalty killing bit has been. So what do you see as a coach and a guy who's had very, you were a great penalty killer yourself. You've run successful penalty killing units over the years. Just coordination. You know, that that's the key to penalty killing. Confidence and coordination. You have to get four guys that are on the same page and you want to find pressure points you have to find pressure points and it's just making those good reads when you're going to apply pressure the one thing that can happen is that play can't go back from the area you just vacated to apply the pressure and when one guy goes everybody's got to go on the pressure and that that that's critical now they have confidence uh, the the other thing that's extremely important now is that you don't allow those low slot line plays to go from side to side. You have to have your defense stop those by pressuring immediately, or they have to take the ice away. When I mean, when when I played, I played and killed penalties a lot with Kevin Lowe and Craig Muni, and I mean I could count on the fingers of one hand how many times that low pass went side to side. It just never did because they'd take that ice away and they were good at it. And uh, obviously we're seeing that right now. Uh, Connor Brown has not scored a goal. Uh, 35 games dating back to the end of the uh, 21-22 season as a member of the Ottawa Senators. He tore his ACL last year, four games into the season. His twitch, like, he doesn't look like around the, the net He's got the twitch going. And this is a guy that twice has scored 20 goals. Uh, but there is some, like, if you watch him and Yanmar together, so the Oilers, every penalty kill, it starts Nugent Hopkins and Derek Ryan. Usually it's a right side face off and Derek Ryan's the right shot. Then it's Brown and Yanmark if the change takes place while they're in the neutral zone. Otherwise, Leon comes out to take the draw. Then 
the third forward set is Fogel and McLeod. Why are Yanmark and Brown so good? Because they are the best. Like, if you watch them, they're the best in terms of reading and reacting off one another. I think they're the two best at trying to deny clean entries. When you watch Connor Brown, when the opposition is breaking the puck out, he works the middle of the ice so effectively. Like, he just doesn't allow that pass to go up the middle and then get bumped to the walls, which gives you the, the easy entries. And I think that's a big part of the success that those guys have. Connor, he's a good, Connor Brown is a good hockey player. I mean, I've seen him play when he's on top of his game and, and healthy, and he's, he's a very good hockey player. He's not there yet. I think for Connor, when I watch him play, and he's played better, the la- he's had more chances to score the last few games than yeah. he's had. But sometimes you get where you play a game of such control that you, you know, you're playing a real cerebral control game that you forget that the game is based predominantly on speed. And he's a good skater, but a lot of times you don't see him getting up to his full speed capacity. And I think he's going to have to play to get back on top of his game where he's been before offensively. He's going to have to play a more reckless game uh, and get to get to full speed more often than uh, than what I've seen the last little while. I mean, obviously, he's a very good teammate. He's a very sharp guy, and he's just he needs just another half a gear to start to produce offensively, in my opinion. Craig, is it possible we're burning? We're focused so much on the defense here. Are we burying the lead? Connor McDavid has 20 points in the last seven games. As a rule of thumb, you know, you don't have to be the smartest hockey guy out there to go, you know, if you have the best player in the world, he's averaging three points per game over a seven-game run, you're probably going to have success. Well, yeah. I mean, goo-goo, gaga, absolutely. Right. you got to put the puck in the net. And yeah. uh, the, Connor's just at a different level. Like, it just it's really amazing to see the evolution of his leadership and i don't know what the uh i'm not in the dressing room so i i'm sure he 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 can rally the team and hold the team accountable when he needs to verbally uh but visually there's only really three or four ways that you can visually lead and he's always done that through high-end skill uh which we've seen before and now we're seeing physically, yeah. he's, he's playing the game physically. And that, I mean, if you're sitting on that bench and you see Connor McDavid going through a check or two, and you, you, better, you better start doing it yourself. And execution, the execution decisions. I mean, there's always, every decision you make on the ice reveals what you're thinking and what your character is and what what the side of the puck you want to be on when you see him back checking 150 feet at full speed that's visually uh leading the group for sure and i'm seeing all those things in his uh his approach to the game this guy's driven he wants to win and he's fi- he's figured out just the depth of what he has to do to get this team there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, it's funny because I have the debate with some media types out there. Maybe, maybe they're in Toronto. I'm not saying where they are. The last two years, McDavid and Dreisaitl have, they've been the two best players in the playoffs, okay? First of all, the Oilers have played as many playoff series as anybody in the last two years. They've played five series, three, two years ago and two this past year. Uh, you know, they're they're up around, I think Connor's at 51 points and Leon 32 and off the top of my head, I think he had 16, so 48 points. Like, that's it. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of points, <laughs> and and I, I hear these comments about the guys in Toronto. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, like those guys are. Austin Matthews is a great player, but he hasn't dug. The reason Edmonton hasn't won hasn't been because of McDavid and Drysaddle. They dragged the Oilers past the Calgary, and and Hyman and Kane were terrific in that series too, but the the two top dogs they stirred the drink. I think you'd agree on that. All time, uh, you know, McDavid and Drysdale are over 70 points in fewer games played than the two Leaf guys, McDavid, uh, Marner, Marner and Matthews, who are below a point per game in 50 playoff games. Is it, I mean, is it, and it's just a byproduct. Edmonton hasn't been deep enough. And frankly, they played, they lost to better teams because they lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions in back-to-back years. Do you concur with that thought, or is that my Bob Stoffer works for the Oilers? No, I, I think there's nobody that will argue that point. There's, there's, I mean, I love Austin Matthews, uh, Matthews, and I, I really like uh, Marner too as well. That guy, they're amazing hockey players, but they're not on the same plane as as the uh, McDavid and Drysaitl. I, I don't think in anybody's estimation that. Uh, that those the the, the, the at least in the playoffs. as much as we like to look down at Toronto I'm from Ontario but I came out here in 1985 and I I've got my western papers now and <laughs> yeah. I turned my nose up to the east and I've over the I mean I'm not that Toronto hater that I was years ago like I have appreciation of their hockey team and how yeah. entertaining they are but we still like to uh, give it to them but not as much as they love to give it to us I mean Whenever the Oilers lose three or four in a row, the, the, McDavid's going to leave. McDavid's gone, and uh, he's getting out of Edmonton. It's a, I mean, a terrible place to play. He'll never win there, and I mean, so it, it's it's a good healthy rivalry for sure. All right, so I'm going to take it one step further, and people are going to go, "Wow, here we go." Uh, Austin Matthews this year has 18 goals. He has 27 points. He's plus one. He's got six of his 18 goals in the power play. Okay? He's at about a 51% expected goals for. That's pretty good. 24 games played. So he's got 27 points. Zach Hyman has 15 goals, 27 points. He's got four goals on the power play, so he hasn't capitalized as much on the power play. He's plus eight. He's not plus one. He's plus eight. Toronto's supposed to be the better 5v5 team. 51% expected goals for for 
Matthews, who's a, who's who's been a really good even strength player the last several, several years. Zach Hyman is at sixty three percent. Not over the last seven games. For the entire season, he's at 63% expected goals for five-on-five. Well, he's got one significant advantage that Austin Matthews doesn't have. <laughs> Let's be with, honest. He plays yeah. with McDavid. Yeah, yeah, that helps. You know, that's a big help for. Uh, but it does. I, put... I don't think anybody would. Not. I'm, you're. I don't know whether you're making the argument that Zach is on the same level as I'm Austin not, Matthews. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm. Yeah, you know that that's not true. Right. But. I mean, I, and I love Zach Hyman as a player. He just, to me, he's the ultimate teammate. I listen to his interviews. He always says the right thing. He's deferential. He's uh, hardworking. He executes. He's unselfish. And uh, he's relentless at the net. Like, he's he's a lot like Ryan Smith at the net with his ability to take the puck to the net. But... I mean, I, 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 there's nothing I don't like about Zach Hyman. He gets absolutely everything that out line, of that skill that, that, that's under the hood. N- Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are both over 63% expected goals for this year. That line right now between McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman, it's the best line in the National Hockey League. It's not even close. There's not yeah. another line that all three guys are above 60% over a seven-game stretch, Craig. Well, when has Connor ever had the luxury of playing with you know, Hyman and R&H for this long? And you know, we talked about it the other night on, on the panel that you know, Connor is the perception and is very accurate that he can drive a line himself. So the tendency is to give Leon the greater support on the wings than uh, greater support than what Connor gets. And now you see guys that can potentially complement Connor, which you know it, it's it's not it's it's not happened a lot, and it's a lethal combination. But wh- where's the where's the balance? Like, is the drop off in Leon's production and the second line production worth? topping up the first line production and that's the that's something Chris is going to have to decide over time right now it's you, you don't change a thing I mean I even know that uh, Dennis Lalaberti and the gang of New West Travel by the way we sold out our Nashville and Montreal trips already this year we're going to announce a new one in the new year you can join New West Travel this June for a 14 day Globus tour through the beautiful countryside of Newfoundland it features the Iceberg Festival your New West Travel Newfoundland package includes flights hotels meals and guided local tours to see iceberg alley whale watching lighthouses along the coastal cliffs plus meet the locals for screech save four hundred dollars when you book by december the 30th <laughs> call new west travel or visit newwesttravel.com uh, by to buy well you know dawson mercer was here yesterday so why not uh, uh there's not a lot of guys from New- newfoundland over the years that i haven't liked i think i pretty no, much no yeah max and some of my favorites yes max Andy cleary and yes darren langdon Darren Langdon could fight. He was a real good technical. Oh, that, he yeah. gave George. I mean, Darren's not a big man, but he he had a back on him like uh, a dump truck. And, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, a disposition like John Wayne. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. He was a he was a cowboy. He was yeah. Not... He would just he was an honorable guy, but don't don't make him angry. <laughs> 
Now, is it true when he came up and started fighting for the Rangers at Messi, because he was up from the minors and he's from Newfoundland and he wasn't making a lot of money, and Messier took him out and said, hey, you're in the NHL now, and Mark went out and shelled out for a couple suits for him right away? Yeah, he, that's true. That's true. He totally yeah. looked after him. And yeah. then the next time... Lang, uh, Darren pr- probably still has those suits. <laughs> Does he? Yes. <laughs> well, Sam Abu Hassan's our guy, just for the... Yeah. Uh, we don't have an official... You know what? I, I should have... That's the one thing. We, we've, we've got a lot of advertisers on this show. i got to get Sam to hook me up. There you go. Uh, and, and I might have had... Uh, I'll tell you a story off uh, here after. Uh, all right, some quick hitters here. Uh, Craig Muni. February 28, 1990, uh, one of the most penalized games in NHL history. The Oilers in L.A. Absolutely, I thought he killed Todd Ellick with a hit. Todd Ellick cut from his right to the left at the blue line. Muni came in, got him with a hip check. Ellick went up and over, landed on the back of his head, knocked himself out cold. That was a game. Uh, it was it Anderson that got Thomas Sanser at one point? And, uh, it, you guys had like... You guys had 200 minutes in penalties in that game. 199, everybody was fighting. At the end of it, uh, Bucky and uh, or, yeah, Craig Simpson and Essa Tickenen were working over Marty McSorley, which I loved because Marty was a major. In- he jumped. It started when McSorley jumped. Messier first shift of the game. You remember that uh, that beauty? Because I remember bond- Marty going after Mark, which I mean. That was a, a, a bit iffy, but I understood what Marty was trying to do. Right. But, you know, you got to be aware. When he got a lot of his other. T- he, he got a lot of his other teammates beat up in that game because you guys yeah. kicked the living crap out of them. It was awesome. As a bloodthirsty, red-blooded Albertan who loved the Edmonton Oilers, that's one of my favorite games of all times, Mac T. Like. Well, well, we did go on to win that year, so <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and you smoked LA in the playoffs, right? Like four straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Is that one where you don't want to be the guy that doesn't fight <laughs> when the whole team's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You're in that dressing room after, and everybody's talking about the war that they were in, and you're kind of, well, you know, I, th- I thought I had uh, Thomas Sandstrom there for a minute. <laughs> Didn't really quite have him, but uh, no, you you got to be a participant there, otherwise you're feeling uh, a little left out. Yeah. Well, you had lots of support. You had Dave Brown, cold-blooded assassin. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Buckberger, Steve Smith, Jeff Bookaboom. At one point, Book had Wayne Gretzky pinned on the ice. I was just laughing, watching it, going, what's Wayne going to do here? And, of course, Book wasn't going to hit Wayne because it was Wayne. But you guys needed to send them a message after they beat you in the 89 playoffs. Well, I remember Kevin Lowe took a run at Wayne early when Wayne went to L.A., and that kind of sent a message to everybody because those guys were as close as you could be. But... Kevin was all about winning, and yeah. you know, and I'm sure Gretz knew he was coming. Yeah, and, uh, he took a good run at Wayne, and uh, you know, the adulation uh, was was over, and we knew that we had to, you know, check him hard, obviously, or try to. You never really could, but did try and be physical with him. You uh, beat him in '90. In four, Wayne was playing hurt. '91 in six, and '92 in six. In, did you end the series? Did you not score the overtime winner? In, in yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that that was a good memory. Thanks for reminding me of that. I'm there for you. We had a bunch of. That's the day that Peter Pocklington brought all the carrots in uh, to the dressing room, and he had uh, a bunch. He had a bunch of cash in in a uh, Safeway bag, 
and uh, uh, carrots, because he used to say, here's the carrots. We'd always have a meeting with Peter Pockington before the playoffs, and he'd, he'd incentivize us with golf clubs or trips to Hawaii or whatever. In this particular game, he walked in the dressing room with carrots, and we're going, what the... You know, didn't know what that was all about. Then he threw the bag on the ping pong table, and uh, a, a lot of money piled <laughs> out of that bag, <clears throat> cash. And uh, you know, we—I remember walking out of there. I was one of the last guys in, so the hundreds were gone, and I had a pocket of uh, a lot of twenties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that was a good, a good memory. And Simmer was the guy that put it over. To me at the time, you yeah. know, so we, he and I, Larry Robinson was in the net. He was the guy that we, uh, we were all kind of falling in the net, Simmer and I and Larry Robinson. And Larry was right in the middle of Simmer and I celebrating. And it was slightly awkward, but Larry's such a gentleman. He just. I love Larry uh, Robinson. Yeah, he was great. Because he beat up Dave Schultz and I hated the Flyers back then, like in the 70s. One final one for you. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780-496-0063. Uh, Epstein's mother has texted the show and said, Bob, I heard St. Louis might be dealing Jakob Verana. Uh, should the, now, Edmonton would have to get another. He's already at 50% because Detroit's already eaten on him. They retained half the money when they traded him to St. Louis. Um, the, orders are gonna ha- the orders would have to have another team like St. Louis, theoretically, eat another 50%. This guy has skill, but your thoughts on Jakob Verana? Well, I like him immensely uh, as a person. (laughs) And uh, he's just too too soft on the battles. Yeah. And if you think back at Magnus Pajarvi, who I thought was really soft... Jakob makes Magnus Pajarvi look like John Tonelli. So it's, <laughs> it, 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 he, can, he can shoot the puck in the net and a wonderful skater and a fantastic kid. But the, <laughs> he makes he, Magnus he, look like John He's not the most ferocious uh, stick checker. And maybe the best stick checker uh, in the league was uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. And we had both ends covered. There you go. Yeah. That is Craig McTavish. Craig, great having you in studio. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And uh, you're listening to Oilers Now. Frank Saravalli coming up next for the horses and horse racing in Alberta.